We all have something in common. We all have something we don't want to remember in our past. It might be something somebody did to you. Or it's something somebody said to you. It might be something you did to someone. Or something you said to someone. It might be something you did to yourself. You did it to yourself. It might be something that happened to you 20 years ago or something that happened just yesterday. And you wish you were not at that place with that person, with those people at that time. You wish you were not there. But you were. We all have something in common. We all have something we are not comfortable with in our current life. We all have something, a discomfort in our lives. It might be a sickness. It might be a child misbehaving. It might be your business is not going well. It might be your marriage is not working. It might be your career is not where you could picture yourself five years ago. Something in your life is not where or how you would like it to be. We all have something that makes our lives a bit uncomfortable today. All of us, all of us, we have something that makes our lives today uncomfortable. We all have something we fear or we don't control about our future. It might be your next career decision. It might be your children's decision. It's not your decision, but you are concerned about the decisions they may make tomorrow. It might be your next Elections, the next elections. It might be the next business deal or investment. It might be the next pregnancy attempt. It can be the child in your womb for pregnant women. It might be something, your pension. We all have things we don't want to remember from our past. Things that make us uncomfortable currently, or things that are out of our control about the future. We all identify with that. Something in the past, something in the present, and something in the future. Where do our differences come from if we all have these things in common? Why do some of us fail and others succeed? Why? Why do we have losers and winners in life? And sorry, I couldn't find a more polite word than losers. Can you give me one? No. Misfortune happens to you. No. Second. No. You see, you don't have a word. So I will continue with my losers language. Losers and winners. Why do we have losers and winners in life? Romans chapter 8, 35 to 37. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. 
No, no, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. Paul declares he's not a loser. He's not a loser. He's a conqueror. And not just a conqueror. He's more than a conqueror. Whenever a conqueror or a winner is mentioned, there must be a battle, a fight, a challenge, or a competition. Also, whenever a conqueror or a winner is mentioned, somebody must have defeated something. Or somebody must have defeated someone. And we call them winners. People who overcome something. Life is a battle. Life is a battle. The difference between a winner and a loser is enormous. But the difference between winning and losing is minimal. Very small. The difference between winners and losers is enormous. The difference between winning, the act of winning, and the act of losing is very close. It takes a difference of one goal to qualify as a soccer soccer match winner one goal only it's very thin very small difference it takes a one centimeter difference to qualify as a race winner just a difference of one centimeter you are a winner and the other is a loser if the difference between success and failure is small what makes some of us win and others lose the difference between winners and losers depends on how we handle life and not how life handles us. I will say that again. The difference between winners and losers depends on how we handle life and not necessarily how life handles us. And you may say, no, sometimes life is unfair. I agree life can be unfair, but still... The difference between winners and losers depends on their reaction to life, their response to life. Our response to life determines our place in life. I lost my father when I was a two-month years old boy, and I, I have shared this story before with some of you. I lost my father when I was two months old. I didn't know anything. I never saw my father. I don't know him. I never met my father. So I, I don't have any memories about with my father. I was 60 days old. I was born on the 7th of August. He died on the 6th of October. Like two months. And then I grew up with a mother who did not have any education and no job and nothing with eight children herself, a single mother. I'm passionate about single mothers because I understand what it means to be a single mother. My mother raised us, eight children, alone. Alone. She did not have a job very so I grew up in real poverty, real poverty. On top of poverty, on top of poverty, came the war in Congo in 1996. I was a teenager and we fled from our, from our, country, from our town and we fled, fled in the bush. Congo is a big bush. Like we have dangerous bush, dangerous, like one tree can be, I don't know, very, very, very big and dark and very big bush. Or forest, we call it there. You call it here in Australia, bush, because it's just a bush. For us, it's a forest. There is a difference between a bush and a forest. Yes, 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 yes. 
after one month walking, no, after two weeks walking, because it took us one month in the, in the bush, walking every day in the bush, crossing rivers and, 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 and mountains and, and going through. You, you know when you talk about lion kings, that's just a lion king on TV. I, I, I know how a lion sounds. I know how you can hide it because they tell you there are some lions there. We, you don't want details. You don't want details. In the middle of the bush, we met some armed robbers in the middle of the bush. And they asked us to stop. They asked us to kneel down. And I went on my knees as a teenager. I think I was 17 at that time. Went on my knees. I had my brother here and my brother's friend on the other side. I saw death on that day. They brought their guns and they put the gun on my head. In fact, not just put the head, they pushed me with the gun like this. And they said, we kill you now or you give, you give us money. We did not have any money. Young people, we don't have any money. They took everything we had, everything on us. They took everything. My brother was crying. I was on my knees. I lost all hope. On my knees, I heard a voice telling me, I am your hope. Jesus, I am your hope. I looked up, said, God, Save my life. I will serve you. Save my life. I will serve you. Out of nowhere. In the middle of the bush, there is no police. No, no, it's, it's war. It's war. There's no accountability. They were killing people. They told, out of nowhere, I was already, my eyes were already closed and I'm waiting for my death. And on my knees, I just heard, stand up, go, in, in Swahili. And I stood. They said, back, go back. And I turned. Go, I don't look back. Just went. And I looked at my right. My brother was there. On my left, his friend was there. We walked back. I've heard a gunpoint here, in, on this head. Gunpoint. I pray you never experience that. So when people say, oh, you don't know what happened to me, I say, you don't know what has happened to me. I've been through it all. I learned that my attitude toward life determines my altitude in life. It changed my life that day. It taught me to trust God no matter what. Even when I face death, I trust God. That is called hope. Winners decide to forgive the past while losers resent the past. Oh, I could have decided to be, why it happened to me, God? Look at those people. Look at those people. Why this happened to them? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Maybe you grew up in a good life. Maybe you grew I don't know how you grew up. I really don't resent my past. I think it's a good thing that I went through all that I went through. 
to be able to help the people I've been able to help in my life. I understand their pain. I understand people's pain. When I'm talking to a woman saying, this has happened to me, I can see my mom through her. I know poverty. Don't resent the past. Winners bury their past while losers carry the past. You know, you can choose to bury it or carry it. If you don't bury it, it will bury you. Winners choose gratitude while losers complain about what's going on with their lives. Winners turn challenges into opportunities. Losers turn opportunities into challenges. Winning begins with a mindset. It begins with a mindset. Winners see the future through the lenses of hope. Winners choose hope. So what does it mean to choose hope? The first thing I want you to remember today is that hope is a gift. Hope is a gift. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God plans to give you hope. Listen, listen, listen. Let's give me your attention. Not to sell you hope. Hope is not for sale. Hope is not for the strongest. Hope is not for the richest. Hope is not for the fastest. 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 Yes, fastest. Hope is free. Because God is planning. God's plan is to give it to you, not to sell it to you. So it doesn't matter what you do or don't do. Hope is there. Coming toward you. And that is important to understand. That first of all, it's free. Don't look at people who have hope and say, oh, I wish I was like them. No, 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 no. They didn't buy it. Did not earn it. They did not earn it. People who are hopeful don't have a place they go every morning. No. It's not distributed somewhere where people go and they didn't tell you. No. If there is any price required, God has paid it. Hope is not for sale. It's a free gift from God to us. Understand this. Jeremiah's message was addressed to Jews in exile. They were desperate to go back home. They were desperate. They were in captivity. They were living in despair. They thought God had forgotten them. After so many years, after generations in captivity. But the prophet reassured them that their situation did not escape God's control. That's the message. Your situation did not escape God's control. God was aware of the situation they were in. God knows his plans for them. Listen to this. Maybe we just read this quickly. Read it again. They thought God had forgotten his plans. The prophet is telling them, I know the plans I have for you. Why I know? Ah, do you understand that? Why will God start a statement with, I know the plans I have for you? Who assumed God didn't know? For God to reassure that he knows. It seems like they 
thought God was not aware of the promises he made to them. That's why God starts with a statement, I know the plans I have for you. Which means nothing happening to you escapes my control. I'm aware of what I said I will do. I am aware. That's the meaning of I know the plans I have for you. Every time we read this, this passage, we don't even understand why is he starting with I know? Who doesn't know the plans he has? Who doesn't know the plans they have? The fact that you have a plan, that means you, have, you know you have it. For God to insist that he knows the plan means someone thought he doesn't. And we sometimes don't remember that God knows the plans. Because that's how life feels. Life feels like God doesn't know his plans. He doesn't know what he's doing. Jeremiah's message was that God's deliverance would not depend on their merit, but on God's own mercy and good plans for them. He's not going to sell it to them. He's not going to ask them to exercise because they, they, no, no, they are not going to earn it. God has a plan to give them hope. It's God's plan to give you future. It's in God's mind to give you future. That is an important thing to understand. The children of Israel in exile did not deserve God's mercy. It was a gift to them. They did not earn freedom. It was a gift from God. They did not deserve God's deliverance, but it was a gift to them. Hope is not a right, but a gift. Hope is a gift. You do not deserve hope. It's a gift to you from God. You do not deserve a better future. It's a gift to you. You do not deserve the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's a gift to you. That's a good place to start. It's free and it's a gift to everybody. But the second thing I want you to know is that hope is a choice. It's one thing to be a gift. Another thing is a choice. Why? Because a gift must be received to be enjoyed. A gift must be received. Hope is only enjoy, enjoyed as it's received. It's received. Hope is a choice. To choose to trust God. It's a gift, but you have to choose to receive it. Look, to hope is a verb. It's not just a thing, it's not just a noun. To hope is a verb. So this is not just a gift, but it's, it's a doing word. Hope is a doing word. So hope is not passive. It's active. When you hope, you do something. People who hope act differently. People who hope have a different attitude toward life. People who lose hope have a different attitude toward life. In fact, people do so bad things when they lose hope. Oh, when people lose hope, they get crazy. They do all kind of crazy stuff when people lose hope. Hope. I think hope is the greatest currency we have on earth. As long as people are hopeful, we have order. Once people lose hope, they do very bad things to themselves and to others. Hope changes you. The Israelites were in exile. Their freedom was taken away. 
they were forced to live in captivity. Even though everything around them was screaming despair, they had a choice to make. They got to choose between believing in their own thoughts or God's word. Their own thoughts or God's thought. They had to choose between what God said or what circumstances said. They had to choose between receiving hope or living in despair. It was a choice. It was a choice. You have a choice to make this morning. Hope is a gift but won't force itself into your heart. You have a choice to make. Hope is a gift but won't force itself into your heart. You have to open your heart to receive hope. Choosing hope will change how you filter life, how you see things. Choosing hope is trusting God's plan for your life. He knows the plans he has for you. Trust that. Choosing hope is believing God has a good plan for your life. When we sing good plans, we mean it. He has good plans for our lives. Hope is a choice, not necessarily a feeling. You can feel hopeful, that's fine, good on you. I don't feel hopeful all the time. I choose hope all the time. Sometimes I don't have the space to feel hopeful. Life does not give me the luxury of feeling hopeful all the time. But I have the freedom to choose hope all the time. I pray the same for you. And the last thing I want you to know is that hope is a person. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. First Timothy 1.1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Christ Jesus, our hope. Paul describes Jesus Christ as our hope. Jesus not only came to bring hope, he is hope himself. In 1 Peter 1.3, Peter calls Jesus our living hope. Our living hope. The hope Peter speaks of is not the wishful thinking usually associated with the word hope today. We might say, I hope it doesn't rain. Or I hope I pass the test. Unlike the empty dead hope we often hear, this living hope is energizing. It's alive and active in the believer's heart. It's active. It's alive. We live with great expectation. Our living hope originates from a living, resurrected person. Peter's living hope is Jesus Christ. The strength of our hope depends on our relationship with the person, Jesus. The quality of our hope depends on our relationship with the person, Jesus. Without Jesus, we have no hope. Hope is not a feeling, but a person. You know what? Hope is mentioned 71 71 times in the New Testament. 70 times. It's after Jesus' resurrection. 70 times. It's only once in the book of Matthew before before Jesus. But it comes 70 times. You know now why. Because hope comes from the resurrected Jesus. Jesus, our hope. Hope, a deep conviction that my future is in, in God's hand. That is the hope I'm talking about. It stands strong. 
knowing that I don't have anything to fear or to worry about. My future is in God's hands. Living hope is activated when you begin to see life through the lens of the person, Jesus. See life as Jesus sees it. Romans 8, 35 to 37 again. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Affliction, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, or death cannot separate us from the love of Christ. Not the love for Christ. Love of Christ. Read that again. Not the love for Christ, the love of Christ. That is important. The source of the love is necessary in this scripture. Nothing can separate us from the love that Christ has for us. Not the love we have for Christ. We fail to love him all the time. He never stops loving us. And nothing can separate us from us being loved by him. Not us loving him because we don't always love him. When life goes tough, gets tough in chaos, we don't feel like loving God. We don't feel like appreciating or thanking him, but he still loves us. So I will explain to you why that is important to Paul. Christ's love matters. It matters to Paul. Because in all circumstances, Paul acknowledges That because he loves me, he's got the best interest at heart. That is big. For Paul, when he's going through trouble in life, he reminds himself that Christ loves me. That means he's in control of what is going on now and his plans for me are still good. Therefore, nothing shall separate me from his love. No matter what I go through, he still loves me. The outcome of that attitude is hope. Let me try to explain it a different way. This is a decision to trust. A decision to trust. Nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Why are we conquerors? Because Christ loves us. No, it could have been we are conquerors because we love Christ. But he knows that, no, that's not true. We are not conquerors because we love Christ. We are conquerors because Christ loves us. That means even when you are going through pain, you remember Christ loves you. That means you trust the love of Christ that even this will work for my good. That is the love of Christ. And that's how it affects you. When you trust that everything that is happening to you as a Christian will work for your good. God is at work for your life. In your life, he's at work. He's he's at work to make all things work for your good. Then you are more than a conqueror. Why? Because it doesn't matter. What happens to you doesn't matter. It's the outcome that matters. 
You trust his love for you. You know, God, no matter what happens to me, I know you still love me. My, my father died when I was two months old. I know you still love me. I grew up in poverty. I did not have anything growing up. Electricity was like a lotto to me. We'll have power for two hours in two weeks. But still, his love for me tells me he has a future for me. Look at me today. The product of hope. That's who I am. The product of trusting God. When it comes to the things people can brag about, I have things to brag about. I have a master's degree. I can brag about that. Not everybody's there. Yes. I came to this country not long ago. My family joined here in 2015. I've built a big house. Good one. You will visit me one day. Come and see my good house. You can take everything. But don't take Jesus. Leave me, Jesus. Give me Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is my hope. And I'm telling you, even when I say this, I feel it. This person, Jesus, has been everything to me. When I have everything, when I don't have everything, when I'm hungry, when I'm not hungry. You know, God, Jesus, 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 Jesus gave me the beautiful gift that he's given to me is my wife. I'm telling you guys, I'm a happy man. Very happy man. The beauty of it, I live a peaceful life. Ah, Things are not always rosy, but I live peacefully, trusting him. Would you join me to trust God? Would you join me, like Paul said, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Not because we love him, but because he loves us. Our victory lies in acknowledging Jesus Christ's love for us. When you accept Christ's love for you, you find hope. The secret to finding hope is in finding Jesus. Accepting Jesus' love is vital to finding hope. We are more than conquerors because we know how much Jesus loves us. Therefore, we trust his plan for our lives. Because Jesus loves me, I trust he has the best interest, my best interest. I trust his plans for my life. I trust that whatever Jesus allows in my life flows from love. Therefore, it's good for me. It doesn't matter how it feels. So I have these three things to leave you with. Hope is a gift. Receive it. Hope is a choice. Make it. Hope is a person. Follow him. Let me show something. If you have lost hope, let me leave you with this thing. Give me the heavy one. The heavy one. Okay. This is how we are in life. We all look identical. Show them. Show them that one. Come, come next to me. Come next to me. Come here. Marie is a good lady. She's my assistant for those who don't know her. Yes, God has blessed me with Marie. Thank you. So we have, we look identical. When you see people on the, on the street, we, we smile. We all smile. We try. we try to put on a smile. We try to look happy. But we, what's happening inside is the most important. Okay? We all look like, okay, fine, 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 fine. People who have hope in them, when chaos comes, this is what happens. People who have hope. 
People who have hope rise above chaos. People who don't have hope fall under chaos. What is the difference? What is inside them? What is inside them? Jesus on the inside? Worry on the inside. Despair on the inside. Hope on the inside. Worry on the inside. Fear on the inside. So what do you do when you face chaos? Do exactly what you just did. Look up. When you face chaos, look up. Not to that balloon. To Jesus. Look up to Jesus. Jesus. 